welcome to How We Win. All over the country, people are doing extraordinary things. We're giving you the tools that you need to make a difference right now. The best antidote to anxiety is action. There are 20 days until the most important election of our lives is almost here. With your help, we will win all the houses. Joining us for our interview is the co-founder of Run For Something, Ross Morales Raketo. He talks about going from working on one campaign at a time to helping over 60,000 new candidates stepping up to run for office in their communities. And of course, we are going to get you busy reaching out to voters because time is running out and fence sitting is not an option. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And And this this is How We Win. There's never been a better time, Steve, to be a Saturday Night Live writer. <laughs> have you been Have you been watching the new season? Well, yeah. I mean, as soon as that fly landed on Pence's head during the vice presidential debate, the speculation on who was going to play the fly like started instantly, right? Yeah, and we got Jim Carrey playing a very weird fly. Yeah, and then Keenan. Thompson as Herman Cain <laughs> as a fly, which just got really weird and dark. It was a weird and dark episode all around. I mean, how do you make a farce of something that is already so beyond a farce? It's just... You get weird with it. You do, exactly. Weird and dark times, so... We're getting down to the wire. I'm really excited. I, I can't lie. I'm... I am excited. We keep talking about this every week, but it's really like here. This is it. The last weekends have hit. This is GOTV time. Lots of our states, early voting has happened. Mm -hmm. People are already waiting in long lines to vote in some places. Oh, my gosh. The lines in Georgia from yesterday Mm -hmm. were insane. Sadly insane and happily also insane. Yeah. I mean, we're thrilled that people are getting out and voting and voting early which we're not so great at, but obviously some places aren't prepared for the influx of voters, which hmm. is a little... Sh- is it shocking? Or Why is, is it that? Just- <laughs> oh. Seems like those heavily democratic uh, yeah. communities don't have the resources to vote. wonder why that is. Brian Kemp also... Um, uh, the governor of Georgia who um, stole the election from Stacey Abrams, uh, he uh, had his office and the secretary of state's office closed for the holiday. So any voter uh, issues, protection, um, long lines got a answering machine when they called uh, the election office. So good times. Thanks. Thanks, Brian Kemp. Georgia, I love you. Brian Kemp, not so much. That's such a... <laughs> Every time I say something is strange or odd, then I stop myself and I'm like, no, it's actually, it's sinister. Yeah. But I mean, I'm so sick of it, Steve. (laughs) We we can do something about it though. I mean, like that's why it was terrible. Like here, it's like what we expected, long lines because they're trying to disenfranchise people. But look, people will not be disenfranchised they stood there was one guy apparently who was there for 11 hours i think the average was three or four hours but they stood in line they made sure their vote counted and we will not be stopped we've got over what i, I 
this recording, I think it's around 9 million votes already cast in this election. It's exciting. That is exciting. Um, We've got a long way to go. And there's stuff to do besides vote, as always. I think that now if you... If you voted and you've done your volunteer work um, and you have some extra time, this would be a great week if you live in a, a red state to call your senator and tell them how ticked off you are about this SCOTUS confirmation business. If you have one of those red state senators, especially one of those vulnerable senators, make sure you vote early, get those ballots in so they're they're feeling that, and call those offices, join in with any groups like um, Demand Justice is doing great work around uh, the Supreme Court nomination and make your voice heard there. You know who wants to give you a big old kiss? Awkward. Patient zero. <laughs> Donald Trump. He wants to kiss me. He feels so good and immune. He feels immune. Did he say that? Is that, are you using a a, a quote? That he wants to, he feels like he could give everyone a big kiss. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) The nightmares get worse and worse. (laughs) Picture it. Donald Trump coming towards you, lips pursed. (laughs) Oh, God. Why, Mariah? Thank you for that. I was having a reasonably nice day. Uh, yeah, his his plan for the rest of the campaign is to have super spreader rallies that all the cities that he's going to are like, please, please, please don't do this. We're actually having another spike uh, in the coronavirus, uh, both in our country and worldwide. And it is not the time to have super spreader rallies, but that's what Trump does best. So um, it's a few weeks left. Eye on the prize, everyone. Keep keep your head down. Make those calls. Jump on the phones. You can do it. Trump is willing to uh, put everyone at risk to try to hold on to power. You can get out of your comfort zone a little bit to make sure that uh, we get him out of the White House. Uh, do you know what I like to do when I'm not making phone calls or writing letters to voters? Play with your new baby. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, when he's awake in the middle of the night and I'm feeding him, I'm reading advice columns. I love advice columns. And I often think about what advice I would give to people who write in. I make up stories in my head about what I would tell them. It's usually bad advice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there was one that popped up in the middle of the night last night that I wanted to ask you what your advice would be. So um, the, the, the reader writes in, I think it was Dear Prudence and uh, it says, you know, Why don't you just change it to Dear Steve? Just, you know. Dear Steve, (laughs) I've already voted, but to be honest, I'm so over this election. I'm worn out. I'm not in a good space mentally, but my friends are now upset with me that I'm, I'm not more involved in the election. But I feel like I've done my part, but should I be doing more? even though I'm not feeling up for it, what should I do? What advice would you give this person who's probably feeling like a lot of us feel? Yeah, um, I can relate. I, I am ready for this to be over too. And um, and first of all, we're in the middle of a global mm-hmm. pandemic, you know. Um, 
it's it's a scary time and people really do need to be paying attention to their mental health. So I would say absolutely take care of yourself. Take some breaks. Uh, one bit of advice that I give to people during GOTV, during the Get Out to Vote period, all the time is to try to unplug from the news a little bit mm -hmm. and social media. Try not to pay attention to the polls and get caught up in all of that because it can be really exhausting to, to ride that roller coaster when really we know what our, our job should be to do, and that's to make these calls to voters and do that. I find that that work, when you have a good connection with someone on the phone, is really uplifting and, mm -hmm. and gives me uh, a lot of energy and, and picks me up. But, um, you know, take care of yourself. Don't, you know, don't worry about what your friends are saying. You know what your uh, capacity is. We are grateful for every bit of work that anyone can give to this, whether you have time to do multiple phone bank shifts or you can just do an hour or you've written some letters and and that's it you 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 have to check out now and be with your family during this time thank you thank you thank you thank you for everything you're able to give if you feel like you can take a rest and jump back in and do some more thank you that would be great too but um don't feel bad for having to uh to take care of yourself because we all need to to have space for ourselves right now very good advice. Well said. Thanks for that, Steve. Would you agree with that, that, Mariah? I, better. I would totally agree. I mean, listen, like what you're saying boils down to just like do your best, do the best that you can. So let's try to help anyone who's feeling stressed and anxiety right now, which we all are, with our reasons for hope. What's your reason for hope this week, Mariah? Okay, so listen, you talk about this a lot, and I totally agree with it. Like, don't pay attention to the polls. Don't look at the polls and get too scared or too comfortable. <laughs> but, but I've been looking at the polls, <laughs> and they are looking pretty interesting for the um, the Senate races in the swing left super states. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've been checking out 538. They're doing all the polling interpretations and simulations for races and things like that. And they're finding that um, every Senate race in the super states that Swing Left has identified, with the exception of Georgia and Texas, has a Democrat in the lead in the polls. So, mm. and the leads, I mean, some of them are very, very thin. Hello, Maine. And some of them are a little bigger but it's just an important reminder that we can, with the limited time and energy we have left, we can focus it on some down ballot races and make a real difference. And they're looking close. So that means that the energy, money, volunteer work that we're putting into them now will potentially pay dividends by the time this is all over in 20 days. Polls don't tell us everything, but they can they can help guide our strategy. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your reason for hope this week, Steve. I I really am hopeful and grateful because um, today is my twentieth wedding anniversary with <gasps> Melinda McGraw, the amazing woman who has made me a better man in every single measure. And uh, was 
the the person who keeps me accountable and makes me strive to always have an open mind and to uh, listen more. She's funny and fun and beautiful, and uh, we've been married for 20 darn years. That's a long time. So um, I, I know so many people are, are stuck by themselves during the pandemic or in different circumstances, and I've been spending a lot of time with my, my wife and my daughter, and I've really loved every, every minute of it. I've loved being home with them. So happy anniversary, Melinda. I love you very, very much. And um, here's to getting through this dark time in history together, having you to walk hand in hand with, and for 20 more. Oh, happy anniversary, Steve and Melinda. Hashtag couple goals. <laughs> So our to-do list for this week is, um, well, we've talked about it, but the last weekends are here. We've been talking about these last three weekends uh, and the weeks coming up to the election. Well, we're here. It's, it's, it's finally it. So um, I don't think anyone listening to this has been waiting, but if you have, sign up for a phone banking shift. Even if you haven't been waiting, sign up for a phone banking shift. We have to have these crucial conversations with these voters. Got to let them know where they can vote, vote safely, help them make their plan to vote early, chase down those ballots and make sure they mail them back in or, or drop them in a drop box or whatever they're going to do. This is the way we do it safely from our own homes is calling and having these conversations. Sign up for a phone banking shift. Do it. Everyone, right now, swingleft.org slash phone bank. This is it. And um, invite a friend to do it. I find that a lot of people are suddenly like, oh, my gosh, the election is here. Um, hey, Mariah, what should I be doing to help out? And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you haven't been paying attention to the podcast, but listen <laughs> and then sign up. So if you're getting requests for like, oh, I, I kind of want to get involved, invite somebody to join you. Great advice. Absolutely. Invite three people. If you, uh, if you caught the mini pod we released on Saturday with Robert Reynolds from Vote Tripling, then you know the power of it inviting three specific people to volunteer and making sure that they vote. So do that too. If you didn't hear that mini pod, go back and listen to it. So as you know, Steve, because you're, you're one of these folks, one of the great things that has come out of this increased interest in activism over the last few years has been an increased number of people running for something. That's right. And I got to sit down with Ross Morales Roquetto. You might remember we interviewed uh, his wife, Jess, last year, who was one of the co-founders of Supermajority. She's so inspirational. Ross, equally so, uh, so smart and, uh, and just a great guy. Uh, I think everyone's going to really love this interview. More couple goals. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've got my notepad out and I'm ready to learn how to run for something. Let's take a listen. Every year, compliance regulations change thousands of times. And every year, ADP makes thousands of seamless platform updates so businesses can focus on everything else, like running their business. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. Ross Morales Roquetto is the co-founder of Run for Something, which recruits and supports the next generation of young, diverse, and 
progressive political leaders. To date, Run for Something has worked with over 60,000 potential candidates and made over 1,500 endorsements. Before starting Run for Something, Ross spent 15 years in electoral politics, having worked for candidates from school board to president. Ross, thank you so much for taking time to chat during an extremely busy time for you and your candidates. Thanks so much for having me on, and I can totally feel and understand uh, how you're doing right now. I feel the same way. Yeah, it's just a constant one Zoom meeting to the next, like nonstop. (laughs) Um, So you've worked on a lot of different campaigns. I want to hear your origin story a little bit, though. What was your first volunteer experience like, and, and how did that go? My first volunteer experience was back in 2002. Uh, I was in high school at the time. Uh, My government teacher told us that we needed to volunteer on a campaign as like part of our, you know, like nor like our classroom grade. Um, Uh And as sort of like a good budding organizer, I found a campaign that I really wanted to work for. Uh, It was a guy named Ron Kirk who was running for U.S. Senate. Uh, in Texas at the time. Actually, like funny enough, that was the last time John Cornyn had like a competitive uh, election to the U.S. Mm. Senate, which was uh, when he first won that seat back in 2002. So uh, I worked on that election at the time. I started off just, you know, like making phone calls, putting together yard signs, things like that. And then I very quickly started to really enjoy the work. And I started organizing all of my classmates to come and volunteer (laughs) for the Ron Kirk campaign as well. And then sort of by the end, I was like organizing a bunch of other students from other government classes from, you know, like across the city of Houston uh, to volunteer for Ron Kirk. So I loved it from the very beginning. I took to it from the very beginning and it just sort of like launched from there. That's really interesting. What do you, what do you think? I'm digressing a little bit, but what do you think about getting Cornyn out of there? Do you think MG Hager has, has a chance? I mean, we're, we're getting, we're knocking on that door. I think something is going to surprise people out of Texas this year. I don't know what it's going to be, whether it's Biden winning, uh, Mm. MJ Hager beating Cornyn or flipping the Texas state house. Yeah. Um, I'm, I feel cautiously optimistic that one of those three things will happen. I think probably the most likely thing that we will do is flip the, te- the Texas right. State House because of the makeup of the districts that are up and available to flip. But yeah, I think she has a real shot. She's been raising really good money recently. I know that volunteers have sort of started to pour into that operation. And I know they just organized in the state of Texas, like like a 1 million like person like phone bank. Uh, in the mm-hmm. last couple of days. So, wow. you know, they're like folks are out there grinding really hard to win in Texas. That would be lovely. I would love to see a blue Texas. And I think you're right. The state Senate probably is the most within our reach. But, you know, if we get enough volunteers showing up to make those phone calls and reach out to voters, you know, anything's possible. So you went from supporting a few candidates at a time in your career to now, as I mentioned in the opening, recruiting and supporting over 60,000 candidates. Um, (laughs) How did Run for Something get its start and what drew you to it? Yeah, I think, you know, not dissimilar from Swing Left and a lot of the other organizations that were founded in sort of the aftermath of the 2016 election cycle. You know, I spent my time during the 2016 cycle 
working for a super PAC called for a future uh, and mm-hmm. we, you know, like knocked on 10 million doors and it was a really amazing experience. Um, and I'm really glad that I got the chance to do that. And that it, until election day, um, <laughs> it was after the election. I just, I kind of knew that I couldn't go back to doing what I was doing before. I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but I knew that I needed to do something different. So my co-founder, Amanda, reached out to me through my wife, Jess, sometime in, I don't know, must have been late November, early December. And we had been put in touch because I had been looking at doing something similar a few years back and written some plans for it. Uh, and it just, you know, wasn't the right time. And then Amanda reached out. We started talking and realized that, like, there might be a moment here. Truthfully, I think like a lot of folks, we thought this was going to be a side hustle. Um, you know, <laughs> right. Amanda had a like had some gigs going on at the time. I was managing a congressional special election in California at the time. We launched, hmm. you know, with a website, a form for people to sign up. And, you know, like some sort of like loose sketches of plans. Uh, We launched on Inauguration Day in 2017. uh, And over a thousand people signed up on the first day. Uh, (laughs) And then, you know, over the first few months, more than 10,000 people signed up. So, you know, Amanda and I sort of looked at each other and said, like, oh, shit, (laughs) Um, we need to we need to do right by these folks. Hmm. And then from there, we just set out to build an organization that would do that. So what were your initial goals and what are they now? Yeah, I mean, we thought if we were really lucky, 100 candidates would sign up like in the (laughs) first year. Um, And, you know, as you mentioned before, we've had more than 60,000 folks tell us that they're interested in running for office. We've made more than 1,500 endorsements, you know, like we've given out hundreds of thousands of dollars to candidates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what we're trying to do now is, build long-term infrastructure for the Democratic Party for, you know, both candidate recruitment and making sure that those candidates are supported along the way, specifically for state and local offices. So I run for something we don't do anything federal. We don't do anything statewide. Everything that we do is state legislature, city council, Mm -hmm. municipal, county, school boards, you know, mosquito boards. Uh, which exists in Florida. Um, We need one here in Southern California now, by the way. Just as a side note, we've got these little mosquitoes that have infiltrated Southern California. They're they're the worst. Oh, no. I mean, growing up in Houston, I can can relate on a really deep level. So, (laughs) With the massive flying cockroaches in Houston, of course, yeah. Yo, those are real. People think that they're not. They're like the size of your fist, and they fly. All kidding aside, mosquito board or or, or whatnot, um, Republicans have done such a great job building power locally over the last decades, and um, it's really something that I think a lot more people are aware of now that have gotten involved uh, since Trump was elected, but more and more people need to be looking to their local legislatures and, and building power there, so it's just couldn't be more important work. Yeah, and it's getting, I totally agree, and it's getting, you know, it's getting more love, like state and local work is getting more love than I feel like it ever has in my time in politics. And in order for us to be able to do what we need to do, we need to like up that by like 10. Hmm. Um, 
you know, like Republicans have been investing tens of millions of dollars in state and local races for decades and decades. They have organizations and infrastructure that like all they do is this, you know, the Leadership Institute is like a sort of like similar type of org to like what we do. And, you know, like every major Republican elected official or like political operative you've ever heard of has come out of there. Right. Um, and, you know, they are a $30 million plus a year organization. So we have a lot of work to do to get to where we need to be. You know, I'm not one of those folks that, you know, says we need to do exactly what Republicans do. Democrats, you know, we have our own way of operating. We have to be authentic to who we are as mm -hmm. a party. But we also need to make sure that we're investing in those down ballot races, you know, whether Trump wins or loses, you know, if he wins, we're going to really need state governments and cities and counties and school boards to like really dig in and protect the most vulnerable citizens and folks in their populations. Because, you know, like whatever we've seen from the president up to this point, like once he doesn't have to run for reelection again, it's going to be on steroids. And so if we lose, state and local offices are going to be super important. And if we win, those are the places where we're going to get our next members of Congress, where we're going to get our next senators, our next governors, our next presidents. And so if we're not investing in that pipeline right now, you know, we're just going to get the same old, same old, you know, like every single time. And I think to a large degree, you know, that is, a, that's what drives a lot of the cynicism that mm. people see is that they elect these folks, you know, they make promises, they get elected, and then people don't see anything actually happening. And so that's why it's really important to make sure the folks that we're putting into office, the folks who are running for Congress, Senate, and above are really good. And, you know, but they have a track record of success, uh, and they have the opportunity to demonstrate that at the state and local level. Yeah, great points. And the only thing I would add to that, too, is just as it relates to this particular election and the time we have left, like down ballot races, the bang for your buck and the strategic impact of those can't be understated either, because a little bit of money, a little bit of volunteer hours goes a long way for those candidates and people uh, will vote up the ballot, but they don't necessarily vote down the ballot. So the work you do with those candidates will help the Senate race and the presidential race in those states too. So, Exactly. I mean, you, you took the words out of my mouth. Back in, I think at the end of 2017 or early 2018, after we looked at what happened in Virginia in the 2017 mm -hmm. uh, elections, you know, I wrote an op-ed about reverse coattails trying to convince people that it was a thing and you know like in donors and like folks looked at me like I was crazy when I did that and now like that has become a part of like the mainstream conversation there was just a Texas Tribune article that came out yesterday that talked about all of the incredible work that the candidates the down ballot candidates in the state of Texas are doing right now talking to voters getting on the phones and calling them texting them sending postcards sending right. them direct mail you know, a lot of them are even on television right now, which is unprecedented for state legislative elections at these levels. You know, a lot of them, especially in the state of Texas, are in massive media markets like Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, where it's really expensive to get on television. And so, you know, we've seen unprecedented support from people. I've had a lot of donors and just like, you know, normal folks ask me, like, where is my time best spent? 
my time and energy best spent right now. And the thing mm -hmm. that I consistently tell them is give money to state legislative candidates, volunteer for state legislative candidates. We love the Senate folks. They have to win. Love Joe Biden. He has to win. Mm -hmm. But those folks, for the most part, with one or two exceptions, have raised their budgets. The folks who haven't raised their budgets yet are the folks that are running at the state and local level. And so the more money the more volunteer hours that go into those folks, the more impact that we're going to have up both up and down the ticket. That's great. And you kind of answered my next question for you, but maybe we can get even more granular on it. We're now 20 days away from the most important election of our lives. How are you and uh, also you're married to Jazz Powerhouse Organizer. How are you all spending your, your remaining time here? Where's your focus? Yeah, the thing that I'm spending most of my time on right now is raising money for candidates, making sure that the candidates who haven't raised their budgets yet are able to get their, like, the holes filled, trying to make sure that folks go out and volunteer for candidates, mm -hmm. making sure that, like, anything that needs to happen for these candidates last minute, we're able to help them take care of. So we have a whole team of people whose whole job it is to, like, dig in one-on-one -on -one and work with our endorsed candidates. And so, you know, a lot of what we're doing right now, answering questions about GOTV plans, you know, when unforeseen circumstances come up, but a lot of what we're doing right now is also just like cheerleading for folks, listening mm -hmm. to them when they talk about how hard it is because running for office is super hard under normal circumstances. But in the middle of a global pandemic, when we have Donald Trump as president, when we have election rules changing on a daily basis uh, because of different things that the courts have decided, you know, and candidates are out there right now talking to voters who are voting right now. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of frustration. I think there's folks that are feeling anxious, but at the end of the day, the thing that we keep trying to tell folks and the thing that I think is most important for us to like stay focused on is just go vote. Like vote however it is you feel comfortable. If that means voting by mail or filling out a mail ballot and putting it in a Dropbox, if you can do that. If that means voting early in person, make sure you show up early in the morning when there are fewer people there. If that means voting on election day, you know, the most important thing that we can do in this election right now is to go out and vote. And the most important things that our candidates can do right now are to have the volunteer capacity and resources to get their message out there so that they can make sure to can tell voters that they should be going out to vote. Great advice. So you're, you're doling out a lot of advice for your candidates. And um, what advice do you have for volunteers right now? You mentioned how difficult it is to campaign and we're doing so much virtual work now, but there's a tremendous amount of anxiety and you know, this is the final stretch where we all get really exhausted um, with the work that we have to do. So do you have any good tips for volunteers in this last stretch? The only way to is through. And, hmm. you know, like a thing that I tell folks is if you're feeling anxious, if you find yourself sitting around doom scrolling uh, <laughs> out for like hours and hours on end, my recommendation. Which I was doing right before this uh, interview, sadly. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> same. Hard same. Um <laughs> You know, what I would say is go to runforsomething.net and find a candidate to volunteer for that's in your local community. Go to mm -hmm. Swing Left, find a candidate to volunteer for, send text messages, make phone calls, write postcards. I mean, to me, the thing that 
the best way, you know, to deal with the anxiety is to like take it out by sending text messages and calling voters because I've been doom scrolling so much. I've been seeing just like so many folks who are volunteers for different organizations or for different campaigns who are, you know, having one-on-one conversations with voters. And so many Mm. of them are talking about how, you know, they called a voter, they weren't sure if they were going to go vote by the end of that phone call, they had decided to go vote. You know, they were talking to a voter that hadn't really made up their mind yet but they had a conversation with them about Joe Biden or MJ Hager or somebody else. Um, And then, you know, like they decided to go out and vote for them. And I think if you ever doubt that voter contact matters, the thing that wins elections for Democrats is having one-on-one conversations with voters and building relationships with them. And when we're able to do that, it doesn't matter what the medium is, whether it's on social media, whether it's, you know, through a postcard, whether it's through the phone, whether it's over text message, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is build connection. And when people feel connected to something that's larger than themselves, it, it, it strengthens our case. And so, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed uh, and anxious, go volunteer for someone, whether they're a down ballot candidate in your local community, you know, whether it's like with Beto O'Rourke's group or Run for Something or Swing Left or any of the other organizations out there that do this work, just get out there, send text messages, make phone calls, communicate one-on-one with voters. I love that. I could not agree more. We open our podcast every week by saying action is the best antidote to anxiety. And, And it really is. I'm going to ask you one more question. We always end uh, our interviews with the same question. Uh, We asked this question, by the way, to your wife, Jess, when we had her on our podcast last year, and she made us all cry. So the bar is pretty high, just so you know. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to underpromise on this one. (laughs) Underpromise and overdeliver, but um, no, it's uh, the last question for you is what gives you the most hope for our future? Every single day, I get the opportunity to either talk to or interact with or see and observe like people who, you know, to a large degree, put large parts of their lives on hold and made really big sacrifices for the basically the sole purpose of improving their community, for making something in their community better. And every single day, those folks are out there their parents, their teachers, you know, their firefighters, their like, you know, run community after school programs. They're people with real lives who are taking care of a parent, have multiple kids and are trying to deal with their schooling during COVID and their full-time job and Mm -hmm. running for office and talking to voters and just getting to talk to them, hear their stories, you know, see how hard they're working just to make some impact in their community and to make the lives of the people that surround them just a little bit better. I think for me, that gives me hope every single day. It's the thing that keeps me getting up every day and working so hard to make sure that Run for Something is the best organization that we can be for those folks. Because, you know, I feel I've been really privileged to be have a chance to be at an organization where every day I get a little bit of hope uh, mm. in a really, really dark time. And so to me, the, the future is so bright. 
the people who are stepping up, you know, the 1,500 people we've endorsed, the 60,000 plus people who told us they were interested in running for office, they're the reason that I do this work. They're the reason that I get up in the morning. And, you know, they're the reason why I'll keep fighting, you know, for the next 20 days to make sure that we can make people's lives better. You did it. That was out of the park. Way better than Jess's answer. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, I, that's not possible. But. <laughs> no, well, you're both incredible. Please say, uh, give our best to Jess. And Ross, thank you so much for being here and for all the work that you're doing. Thanks for having me. And thanks for all the work that y'all do. Thank you so much for joining us and for stepping up to take action. Phone bank. This is how we win. We win when we all get involved. Let's do it. We want to hear from you. Tweet to us at bluesboysteve and at Mariah underscore Craven or email us at podcast at swingleft.org. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Share us on social media and use the hashtag HowWeWin2020. Check out our page at swingleft.org slash podcast. And of course, one more time, sign up for a phone bank shift right now. We really appreciate you being here with us every week. Uh, We look forward to talking to you next Wednesday. We're almost there. Hang in, everybody. We'll see you next week. W.